You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. Welcome to episode 15 of The Collected Podcast. My name is Michaela Hooper. I'm Jess Biondo. And I'm Tia McNelly. We are so excited to share this interview with you um, with Tim Flockman. He is an incredible man and um, you guys are in for a treat. But first, we have some really exciting news um, that Tia is going to share with you. You guys, we're on Patreon. We're so excited to be a part of this maker community and we want to give our listeners an opportunity to be able to support the work of the collective podcast. You know, it's not free to run a podcast. It takes an awful lot of our time and energy and passion. It's something that we love doing Mm -hmm. and we will continue doing it forever without making a dime. But it would be wonderful to be able to cover our expenses. And so we have a profile at patreon.com slash the collected podcast. And if you become a patron and support the the podcast for even just as much as a dollar a month, we can then... Um, pay for our hosting and our website and all the things that that cost us money to be able to continue doing this for you. Um, so please visit patreon.com slash the collective podcast to learn how you can become a patron. Love it. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited too. And as part of the membership, you'll get some more just unedited conversations and bonus content. Yeah. So um, good stuff. Definitely. Go check it out. Uh, so back to today's episode, we have Tim Flockman and he goes to uh, my church, Queen City, in, here in Charlotte, and he started an entrepreneur breakfast because our church is just full of creatives and entrepreneurs, um, which would be everybody because everybody is creative in their own right. True. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but in the, at these breakfasts, he gives just tips and allows people to network, and it's been one of the biggest tools of influence in my small business of hand lettering as I've continued to grow and learn. Um, like he taught me how to, you know, pay my taxes, which is kind of really, a big deal, which is really <laughs> important. It is. Um, but he's just a brilliant entrepreneur and he has a brain for business and he sees it through the lens of, you know, the work the Lord has given him. And he has just such a great perspective on it. So if you are one of these people who has an idea in your heart, that is just bursting inside of you and you're not sure where to start or you don't know what to do with it, then this interview is for you. And so I hope you really enjoy our conversation with Tim. Hey, Tim, welcome to The Collected Podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, I wanted to get you on the show because um, I've met you through my church, and you started these entrepreneur breakfasts at our church, and they have been one of the most impactful things in my little small business um, and helping it get off the ground. And so I just wanted to share, have you share a little bit about your story of what you do and how you ended up getting there, because it's a wild story of just God's provision. Sure. Happy to share anything you'd like about that. You got some place you'd like me to start with that one? Um, 
Maybe the concept of bootstrapping, and I know you told a $400 story. Okay. Yeah, sure. Happy to talk about that. So um, I'll, I'll kind of wheel back just a little bit from there, and we'll, we can talk through some pieces. But um, I actually uh, uh, waited tables through probably three of my children um, and and was really looking for, a, you know, a lot of people are trying to start businesses, and I was really looking for a way to do something besides wait tables. Um, I had dropped out of college, long story, didn't have many opportunities, and was in a tourist town where there just wasn't anything there. And um, so uh, to make a long story short, I had made some connections in, in working in restaurants in uh, – that I had a gifting for point-of-sale systems, the systems that we use to ring up customers on. Mm. And so had, um, had done, uh, started a little thing there just as a way to make some side money. Um, and, and we could probably spend our whole, min- our whole story time talking about that. So I'll probably try to get to the $400 story, but um, that kind of led itself into um, – uh, working for somebody else in that industry and kind of doing that for a while. And um, that company went bankrupt. And at the time uh, that they went bankrupt, I, they owed me commissions and I had no money in the bank account. And so I, uh, I um, went ahead and, and was like, you know, what do you do now? And so um I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to start a business, didn't know how to get started on my own, had nothing working. And um, Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. You, you know, and that's the whole, the whole topic of bootstrapping is starting with what you have. Now, mm-hmm. in my case, I started, you know, long before when I was waiting tables and I started with nothing. I just started with a skill set that I could sell. Yeah. Well, and at the time, you probably didn't even realize you were starting something. No, not it, really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the concept is starting with what you have. Well, oftentimes we think too big. Hmm. You know, we think we have to have a big loan. I've got to have $500,000. I got to have something to work with. And and oftentimes God is just wanting us to say, hey, take your faith and start. Yeah. You just have to get moving. It, just start, yeah. The old saying is you can't steer a parked car. You, you know, you have to get the car moving in order to steer it. So oftentimes to this day in business, if I have some new initiative I want to do, I don't wait for perfection to get rolling. I go ahead and start. I just get it moving because I can always make adjustments on the road, but if I don't make adjust, if I don't ever get started, I can't figure out what I don't know. And oftentimes, what I find out is if I try to wait for perfection, once I get started, all my plans were wrong anyway, and I did just blow up and I have to start over again. So <laughs> I just go ahead and get started, and then figure out along the way. Now that doesn't really work if you're a perfectionist, and perfectionist is. Perfectionism is pretty antithetical to starting business. You kind of have to roll with imperfection all the way through. Yeah. One thing you said to me at one point was that getting started 
sometimes it just it looks like research like you know it can be as simple as just the next little step that is a start I think even sometimes people think getting started they're like well I don't even know how to get started but it's like you just got to look at what is in front of you and what is in your toolbox already and that could be the internet (laughs) it's exactly it like if you have some business you want to start well and you don't know where to start well research is a step yeah so I can start there I can do something with that you don't have to wait right you don't have to wait for the loan you don't have to wait for your sugar daddy to come and give you a bunch of money <laughs> for some inheritance you know I mean I've been waiting for that for years <laughs> exactly haven't we all <laughs> I would have done nothing in my life if I you know continued to just wait around for my sugar daddy exactly right so you know gotta do something right yeah and my $400 story isn't actually that that's actually like step 20 of me getting started so mm-hmm. actually I I'd actually had been started a long time before that making little baby steps along the way I had already was in motion the $400 story was one of you know miraculous provision because I'd already started like yeah yeah we want a miracle to come in order to start our journey when God's saying start your journey and your miracle will come. Mm. Um, so the, that story then that you're about to tell, this was one of those miracle stories. It is a miracle story, yeah. yes. And, but, it, but it was you know, a, a step along the journey, right? And so yeah. at, at, I got to a place this business that I went to went bankrupt and I had I was a salesperson so I had sold a couple systems to a couple customers we had taken deposits for those systems but couldn't deliver them because the company had used the money for other things which in technical terms is considered fraud Mm. wasn't my company it was somebody else's company and so they could actually go to jail and the company the customer didn't have a system and they needed to open it was a brand new concept and if they didn't have the system they didn't even have enough time to go get something else so i went to them and said hey i'll go collect the second half of you know they gave a 50% deposit i'll collect the second half of your deposit of your system um or i'll i'll deliver your system if you'll pay me the second half and then I'll go back to the owner of the bankrupt company and have him pay me back um, your deposit over the next three months, and that'll give me some money to start. Um, but I literally didn't have any cash at the time because the owner owed me some some money, and um, you know we were kind of paycheck to paycheck at that time. Mm. So I literally had to borrow $400 from the customer in order to get a uh, – to get a corporation started to start the company so I'd have some legal protections. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I borrowed $400. At the time, I had calculated, I wanted to start the business. I had been calculating for a couple of years, and I figured that it would take me, if I had faith, I could start the business with $50,000. It's a lot of money. <laughs> and if I had everything I needed to do the business, I figured it would take me 150000 Yeah. I could start it with 50000 for faith, and I started it with four hundred. Um, and then from there, all that plan worked, and that was at the start of the business, and then we rolled on up, and then that business um, 
just multiplied intensely. It, it, the first year and a half was a struggle, but then, you know, again, taking steps, and then it really took off, which is a whole nother story. But <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you're a fount of stories, and I love them because there's, there's so much wisdom here, especially for entrepreneurs just starting out, or you have that idea, or you've, you've taken those first steps and just figuring out, okay, what now? So what advice would you give for someone who's really struggling where they feel like they started, but they've hit some sort of wall or they're kind of questioning whether to move forward or back up or what would you tell that person? Those are hard moments, aren't they? They are. And they're real. And I mean, we all go through those. Well, the, the, actually, I won't, do, I won't do the whole story, but I said that first year and a half was a struggle. Actually, yeah. at the end of that year and a half, we just about went bankrupt. Mm, wow. Um, so you do run into those days, right? You run into even after even after you've had your miracle, which seems to confirm right. that you're on the right path. You you still have those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and 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 that step. I think we we talked about um, Abigail, right? Ab uh, yeah. Abigail. It's a Abigail story. Abigail in the Bible uh, is a story of impending doom becoming your destiny. Mm. So sometimes the impending doom is your destiny. So in the story, Abigail is married to um, uh, our, uh, God, I even forgot his name, but I, I, she was married to Naaman. I know I'm blanking now too. Yes. I'm blanking. I should have looked at it before we talked, but she was married, and they called him a churlish man, right? They said mm. he was, he was an, kind of an evil man. And, and David was um, being chased uh, by Saul and was out in the desert. And he's, him and his men were out there, and they actually protected their sheep while they were there. And um, so he came and said, hey, can I have some provisions for my army? And the man said, you know, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, and then so David straps on his, his uh, sword and goes to kill the whole family. Now, mm. let's look at the end of the story and then work our way backward. At the end of the story, Abigail becomes David's wife. Mm. So her destiny is to be the queen. Yeah. Right? But at this very moment, before she becomes queen, her, her future husband is with a sword coming to kill everyone. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Not the kind of knight in shining armor you usually expect. No. no. So her destiny is approaching as doom. Mm. She's destined to be the queen, doesn't even know it. And the one who's destined to be her, her mate for that approaches as doom. And so that picture of having something that's approaching, looking like doom, but being able to be unpacked and become your destiny is, is an amazing picture that you can take as a perfect picture for what God can do in a bad situation. Yeah. And so in my business, in that, after that year and a half um, time, I had a three-month period where I could not sell anything to save my life. Not a single customer would buy. 
And at the end of that three-month period, I was $20,000 in debt, both to the government in taxes and to an employee who was putting up with me, but I couldn't pay their payroll. Um, and um, there was something that I had been thinking about doing, which was going online and selling it on eBay, but didn't, couldn't take the time to go do it. And when I made that move in the middle of that season, it unpacked everything. It was like everything dried up because there was something that God was trying to push me into in a different direction. Wow. And I went from $20,000 in debt to $20,000 in the bank in 45 days. Wow. I mean, that's an amazing story. And had your business not dried up so dramatically, you would have stayed on that same path and it would have been good, but God had something far greater that he was asking you to step into. Exactly. Just like Abigail was stuck with this churlish man and the Lord's trying to give her something better. Now you can, you know, listeners can go read the story and you can see the picture in that, you know, uh, her husband dies when, after David comes and she takes care of the whole situation and then she's freed up to go. Uh, uh, David then invites her to be his wife. You know, there's all of that prophetic picture of how, God can move in a situation like that. We probably don't can't get into all of the details, but there's a lot of power in that story. Yeah, well, and you said at one point, too, speaking of prophecy, a prophecy is an invitation. Rarely is it a declaration because it requires action. Right, yeah. And I wrote that down, and I just go back to that over and over as this idea of like, I, I still have a role to play in this story, even if I feel like something has been told to me by the Lord, he still wants me to step up and do something about it and be obedient. Exactly. Yes. You know, you, you get the words, you know, if, and, 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 uh, you know, what does that look like? It could be, Hey, something I, I felt like the Lord showed me that was going to happen. So it could be something that somebody else told me was going to happen. It could be all sorts of different ways that you get that. Mm -hmm. Right. But when that happens, that's an invitation. Um, you know, the woman with the cruise of oil, uh, you know, the prophet came and said, hey, you know, if you take that and pour it out, gather all the gather all the all of your neighbor's vessels and then pour the cruise of oil, it will just keep on pouring and then you can sell that. And that's how you'll take care of you um, and your son. And she had to actually go gather all the all of her neighbor's vessels. And mm. she was able to get as, as, you know, her provision was to the level of her faith. She had to go to her neighbors and get them. What happens if she had just went to the neighbors on her block? What if she could have gone to the next block over? Or, you know, I don't know what they had blocks back then. But, you know, yeah. what circle did she go to? And was her faith big enough? Could she have gotten more and more provision if she'd gone to a bigger circle? Oh, that's convicting. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, she was provided for, don't get me wrong, but you know, right. could it have been even bigger if you would have gone to a bigger group? Right? Because you, you yeah. know, think of yourself in that position. Like, are you tentative? Do you ask five people for their empty jars? Or do you ask 20? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's very convicting for me. I tend to, I hate feeling like I'm an inconvenience on anyone. So I feel like if I was that woman, it's like, oh, I'll just, you know, go to these people who I know like me. I know they have extra. It won't be a burden on them. 
and then this will be enough to get me through when God has lined up, you know, so many more people who are going to help provide in abundance. And I think I often limit myself. You know, I think some of that's a growing place. I think, you know, as you grow in your faith, you know, when you start, I mean, you know, the bigger you get in your faith, then you get to the place where you can think bigger when God gives you an opportunity because you've seen those previous ones and you go, Anna, if I would have done that, we could be bigger. So now I have this next opportunity. Maybe I can stretch this a little further than I did the last time. Yeah. Well, and... You know, in something like this with the woman or in in any of our situations, when you ask and people give their yes, then it invites them into the miracle too. And they get to experience the blessing and the abundance. Hey guys, Jess here. So one of our sponsors is me with Spreza Foundry. Um, I started this hand lettering business about two years ago, and I bring you whimsical hand lettered inspirational sayings, cards, prints, wood signs, you name it, I will do it. Uh, go to my Etsy shop at sprezafoundry.etsy.com. That's Spreza, S-P-R-E-Z-Z-A, Foundry. And also on Instagram at Spreza Foundry. Use promo code podcast for 10% off your order. Uh, You can direct message me for any custom jobs that you're interested in. And I would love to Sprezify your house, bring a little nonchalant elegance from my home to yours. What practical resources would you recommend for people who are trying to do this? Um, Just discover and walk in their purpose, whether it's as an entrepreneur or just a believer, not just a believer, that's a really good thing, Um, but whatever they're doing in life. You know, um, there are all sorts of resources on this. And I'll tell you one that I've been listening to that I've heard this recurring theme of uh, recently, um, basically the same things that themes that I've shared in our entrepreneur breakfast, I've heard this person speak on a podcast is Chris Valentin, um, from okay. Bethel and Reading. And I've, I, you know, not every podcast he does is on this topic, but I've on several topics, I've heard him refer to this. They actually have a, a school of ministry there and they, have a challenge for their students. They give them a hundred dollars and this is about starting little, right? They give them a hundred dollars and they have a competition to see who can make the most money with that hundred dollars by the end of the year. Oh, wow. So it brings back that bootstrapping concept of, Hey, you only got a hundred dollars. Like most Americans could actually come up with a hundred dollars, um, to do something like I could, like, it's not that much risk to risk a hundred dollars, but even if you couldn't come up with a hundred dollars, could you get creative and like have a garage sale or sell something that you don't need to come up with a hundred dollars? So then I could start something, right? Can I, can, you know, so, you know, he talks about taking, taking that hundred dollars, somebody takes it and buys a rake and maybe a shovel or whatever and rakes some yards and then uses that money to buy a mower and then uses that money to buy a, you know, a riding mower and keeps on increasing up. Right. Mm. Um, but anything that you can do, I mean, a hundred dollars is not much to risk. 
and so I talk to a lot of folks, you know, who are trying to start businesses, and I'm like, look, okay, let's let's talk about what it is you want to dream about, and and can you start that with fifty dollars? Like, here's the thing, you know, that you said you kind of needed to do. Can you get that done with fifty dollars? Is fifty dollars a risk you can take? Right? You know, yeah. if, you, yeah. if you spend fifty dollars or a hundred dollars, are you going to be able to pay rent next month? Mm-hmm. Great. It's a, it's a risk you can take. Get started, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting back to my story, but Chris Vallon, I've heard talk on several occasions about different things that he did. One of his testimonies, I think he started a um, a auto parts store with no money. Oh wow! Um, and it was basically the same exact premises. You know, he went and was able to get credit. Um, for parts and get six months of free rent and to get started and, you know, same basic principle. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, we still have some time. And so I wanted to leave a little bit of time at the end um, just to ask, is there anything I didn't ask that I should have? You have so much information um, and I don't want to limit you to just the questions that I've come up with. So, is there any question I missed or anything that um, just God's teaching you right now? Sure. Well, you know, this, I do have something that I've been kind of noodling on because, you know, when you're talking about business, not even just entrepreneurial, some of the things that we have to get past is our concepts of God. Oh, yeah. You know, your concept of God kind of decides what you can go into. So if you limit God or you put this box around him, he can't go into this area, then you won't go into that area, right? So mm. if you put this box about around God and you say, well, you know, all those people who own businesses are just greedy money mongers or something like that, you won't go there because you've, you've already made a determination that's evil. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you're like, you know, if I start this, well, it's got to be all up to me because God's not really interested in business. Like mm. he's not, he's not, he's not, that's not someplace, something he does. He'll work in the church, he'll work in missions, but he doesn't go into business. Yeah. And so I, I just had this, um, I was asking the Lord about what I do recently. And I was saying, you know, God, what about this? And I, I just had this picture and and it was, it was not about money, although when I tell you it's going to sound like it's about money. It's really not about money. It was about the value the Lord puts on what, what we do, right? Mm, yeah. So he showed me a picture of what I do as like a big stone. And I kept on putting my hands on the stone. You know, we put our hands to things, right? And mm-hmm. you know, we talk about when you go to work, it's, you put your hand to something, right? What do you put your hand to? So I'm putting my hands all over the stone, and as I do, every time I touch it, the place on the stone is turning to gold. And, wow. And I, and I really felt like the Lord was saying, he wasn't saying that everything I turned to touch is gold, like might have touched. That would be like the, the way you would read that. He was saying, this is the way I see, I value what it is you do every day. Yeah. So every day you go to work and, you know, a lot of people think of work as in, well, that's, that's the time I do non, I do secular stuff. 
that has nothing to do with God. When I go to church, then what can be ho- I can like have time with God or when I pray. But everything you do, he's looking at, he's interested. Like, think about yeah. it. You spend probably half your waking hours at work. Yeah. You know, he's not taking half your waking hours and saying that's that's secular. It has nothing to do with me. He's totally interested in it. So as I'm touching it, and he's basically saying every time you touch it, the value of that thing is increasing in his eyes, not mm-hmm. dollar-wise. You know, he's, he's looking at me like a father looks on his son. You know, like, uh, you know, you, if you have a child, I do. I, I used to play with my kids' Legos with them. I'm not too interested in Legos, but I was interested in spending time with my kids. Yeah. Right? So, you know, the Lord was looking at this stone, just a plain old stone, like I look at Legos with my kids. I'm not too interested in Legos, but I'm interested in what my kids do. And he was going, you know, as you do this, this thing becomes more valuable. Like if my son, if I made some super huge Lego thing with my son, the value of that thing would be the time that I spent with my son. I would look at that and go, that's really cool that we built this Lego thing together. And I actually have built some really cool big Lego things with my kids. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, uh, you know, he sees the value is in the fact that I've been touching it. Hmm. Right? Because yeah. because he values me. Yeah, and so, so it all comes gold. And it all comes back to identity, like believing that God really does value you and that his love is bigger than anything. Right? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people struggle to even believe that well yeah, but okay, your stone turns to gold, but God doesn't value me like that. But it's that shift in perspective of, yes, he does. You are his beloved. And so whatever you're doing, whatever you've been created to do, whatever makes you feel alive, he will use that for the good of his kingdom. And he cherishes that and he he's proud of that. Yeah, so we all get our own stone, mm-hmm. right? We all get our own stone, and we all are sitting, you know, going throughout a week. You're putting your hands on things, and the Lord is interested in what you put your hands on. Yeah, he's totally into it. He's, you know, he's <laughs> like I said, he's he's more into what you put your hands on than I'm put. I'm interested in my son's Legos. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and so that's that's been the thing I've been just kind of mulling on this week. It's kind of a kind of fresh off the presses, just a new view of of what. But it's it's given me a new perspective on just what I'm doing today. Yeah, yeah, that's good, and I really believe that. Like that is for someone very specific. I mean, hopefully a lot of people, but I think especially there's a couple people who are going to hear that when they listen. And that's going to really strike something in them. Because I think there are people doubting that the work that they're doing is really valuable to the kingdom. Um, because it's not, a, you know, quote, they're not quote unquote missionaries or pastors. But, um, you know, just hearing that truth that like God sees you and the work you're doing is valuable. Um, that's good. Yeah. When we, we get a place to get influenced there, don't we? You yeah. Know, like in the in the workplace, you know, you have influence over vendors. You have influence with customers. You have if you have employees, you have influence over employees. 
you know, you have all sorts of relationships that you get to touch that the church doesn't touch. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it really is a powerful place. And I, you know, we don't have time probably in this, this venue, but I, I've seen the Lord move in all of those places, mm-hmm. vendors, customers, employees, and see the Lord touch all of those things. Right. Yeah. And so, we really are given an open opportunity to be as hands and feet in those, those places. So that's, that's good. Well, if anyone out there is in the Charlotte area, um, you should check out the entrepreneur breakfast. We have them once a month, um, at queen city church. You can email me at hello at collectiveworkshops.com and I'll get you any information whenever we get another one on the schedule. Um, cause they have been very revolutionary for me. And I, I honestly, you know, say that with my whole heart. So Tim, thank you for what you're doing and giving God your yes, even, you know, within our church to share your wisdom with others. Well, you're so welcome. I love it. It's one of my joys to be able to do that. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. You got it anytime. What an incredible chat. Mm. Jess, wow. Uh, I What I think my favorite part of that interview was, um, was just hearing someone else with my same passion of watching people activate their dreams. Yeah. Figuring out how the practical down to the tiny, tiny first step of how to move forward with a big idea. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Another thing um, he has said in one of our meetings that he didn't say today, so I have to say it, that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Don't hate that quote. Yeah. So it's like so many people can think, oh, well, it's not what I went to college for. It's too late. I don't have training. Or, you know, we use these excuses that stop us from starting Mm -hmm. because we didn't do it 20 years ago. We compare ourselves to people who did. But the second best time is now. And like, mm-hmm. that's what we Super have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm always inspired by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the piece of that that's really challenging to me is the activation part. And mm-hmm. you, um, you said a quote in their interview from Tim, a prophecy is an invitation. Rarely is it a declaration. It requires action. Yeah. Yes. And I, I was like, whoa, like that is so profound mm-hmm. because – Prophecy is such a gift that we've been given. Um, And, you know, the part that is challenging, I think more often than not, is the the activation of it. Like you and I taking action and Mm -hmm. really putting our hands to whatever it is that needs action, stepping into it Mm -hmm. and getting after it. And, I mean, talk about empowering. Like Mm -hmm. he is incredible so empowering um for all of us to just like consider what it is that god has spoken to us and then get after it get after it just start yes so which by the way is exactly what we did here at collected we started before we were ready 
<laughs> and so we still don't feel ready sometimes but that's okay because <laughs> but God's doing it we right. you guys we are getting the most incredible testimonies from mm-hmm. our our mm-hmm. listeners of um just the way that God is is revealing himself to people through our guests and through our conversations and so thank you so much for that feedback we yeah. would love to hear more feedback from you especially in the form of a review on iTunes if you'd hey. be willing to rate and review us we sure Activate would appreciate that it. review do it <laughs> We also want to remind you again Uh, here as we close out that we mm. are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Collected Podcast. Go check it out. Become a patron and we sure do appreciate it. Have a great week. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.